Welcome to Be Rad for Jesus. Jesus. Be Rad for Jesus. <laughs> be, be, be Rad. Uh, be, be, be Rad for Jesus. Be, be, be Rad. <laughs> uh, got that. Got to be Rad for Jesus. All right. So I was trying to get the like um, CNC Music Factories kind of vibe. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, um, that didn't work. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know my favorite part about doing this is we're never listening to the to the like intro music when we do this, and right. so when I layer it on top, it's so always it's just like, like <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that, that this was... is in C minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What key is that? The key of meh. <laughs> the key of M. <laughs> yeah. M is for meh. Um, <laughs> Scott, it's good to. Uh, have you with us to with us to have, yes. it's good to have you and I allow myself today. to introduce myself myself yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right um anyway i i'm brian that's scott. i'm scott we're here oh, you're brian i'm scott yep. <laughs> be rad uh where we are uh always looking to be radically different and radically awesome for the kingdom that's what jesus calls us to be and uh today i'm talking with a guy who is radically different from even how he used to be a really cool life transformation story a guy named sean kohler i used to work with him or well we used to be at the same church anyway and uh he's a guy who's here locally in northern nevada and uh, i got to sit down with him and chat and, uh, man, his story's cool. He came to church as an atheist looking to argue with the pastor. Wow. And that happened while I was on staff and we did a series called blockbusters. And one of the movies, like his mom was going to the church and she kept trying to get him to come. And he was like, no, Christians are dumb. I want nothing to do with your garbage religion, all this stuff. Like, and then she was like, we're doing the series about movies. He was like, great. That's stupid. Christian movies <laughs> are the worst. And then she's like, but we're talking about the Avengers. And he's like, oh, I'm going to show up. And when this guy blasts the Avengers, I'm going to blast him because he's an <laughs> idiot. And then our pastor at the time, his part of his testimony is he was struggling to learn to read. And when he was a kid reading comic books, like actually brought his reading level up to where it should wow. be because it was something that like he was willing to figure out how to learn to read and able to press through the difficulties he was having mm. because of the comic books. And so like they have a near and dear place to his heart. And then he talked about in the Avengers, how, you know, the whole body of Christ has to come together to use the gifts, you know, individually that together were, you know, more of, you know, represent more of what God mm. intended uh, than individually. And so that was, you know, kind of the vibe of the Avengers that like, you know, as long as they're separated, they can be defeated. But if they get together, whoo, Look out, bad guys. And so, um, and he, that's not the message he expected to hear. And so that kind of flipped his idea. But, um, so, but my question from that, my takeaway for you, Scott, um, what do you think about some of that stuff? And I mean, that's part of what we talk about here in the culture, what we were talking about a couple episodes ago with um, <clears throat> talking about Eminem and Kanye and, and yeah. all that, where, you know, they're doing this, um, you, you know, like when, Christianity interacts with culture or intersects yeah. with hip hop or whatever. Um, but even more just like when we go see a Marvel movie or something else, when we go see movies and inter engage with culture, things that are either fun or exciting or whatever, finding those inroads to open up spiritual conversations or themes that match biblical concepts. Um, you know, where, where do you find that kind of stuff um, in, in the world around you? Like where are your favorite places to look for that? I like it everywhere. I mean, I was uh, I was talking about uh, 
in my in my small group um it was like supposed to be you know usually we like divide up things that you know hey who wants to bring like something in the worship realm who wants to bring something Mm. in the who's going to watch the kids you know like that kind of thing yeah and um i got thrown like last minute someone couldn't make it so i was like i'll do worship and i played a thrice song um Mm. words in the water Mm -hmm. and um because it's basically just about like engaging with scripture and then feeling the weight of the law on you Mm. and then you know and and they're not a christian band but they're you know they have very like that song is super deep on like uh like made Mm. me cry still makes me cry every time because it's like such a good song totally listen to it if you've never heard it but um uh i think there's stuff like that all all around and and i mean i you know i i don't know where anybody stands with jesus but pretty sure the lead singer is or was a christian and and would write lyrics like that you know um that were he was a worship pastor for a while for a little while yeah with marcelo c but then that whole church that happened collapsed so so. so, i mean i look for like i like to look for that stuff all the time you know um because i think yeah good stories good good art good everything it just always kind of it can be beautiful in a way that reminds me of God. And mm. so it's, I think that that's where, and th- and that kind of is like a broader point about how like, as the Christian is not bound by like worshiping on this hill in this way with this mm. altar, with this thing, yeah. you know, and where it gets offensive to the Christians is why are you involved with them? You know, they're, right. they're the tax collector, they're the whatever. And I think you know, we can, uh, we can praise God through such simple means as doing the dishes, you know, Mm -hmm. like he will accept that worship. He will accept good service. He will accept giving a cup of water to somebody as it was done to him. He will accept a visit to a stranger in prison as a visit to him. Right. Um, you know, he will do all these things and be glorified by them by his choice, not mine. Right. So for me to look in culture and, and music and find, what people are reaching for and relate to it in my walk with God. Yeah. I don't think it's to me. I just think that's just, that's the result of living a life with a supernatural like lens is that mm. this is all around us. And of course, every human being was designed to be connected to him. So why wouldn't every human being be capable of making something that echoes that and, mm. and that, that, that has some bit of, you know, and, and this is going to sound new agey. I don't mean it to be, but there's a bit of heaven in things sometimes yeah. where you're like, ah, even if they're, you know, it could be a tool song. Absolutely. That guy probably splits the head of a chicken every night. I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know, there's some parts of yeah. like certain songs where you're just like, whoa, that's, that has a redemptive element in, in it, yeah. you know? And, and I'm not, and again, this goes back and forth where again, like kind of like we talked about spiritual gifts episode ago, well, like well, no, that's in line it's, with it's messy. One, you know, it's messy though, because it's like, yeah. oh, well that guy's listening to Motley Crue and he's saying it's worship, you know, it's like, you yeah. know, but no, it's and like, the, and I don't think we can quite go that far and be like, I'm listening to something that's clearly, you know, just about partying yeah. and whatnot, but like, I praise Jesus when I do it. Like, no, like if you're trying to praise Jesus when you're on heroin, that's probably not <laughs> how that should work. But at the same right. time, my hands are too cold to split the pages here, but in Romans <laughs> one, um, gosh, these tiny pages. Okay. Uh, but in Romans 1, when he says, uh, verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the mm. things that have been made. 
So they are without excuse. And so that's that's about the wrath of God being revealed. That's about judgment coming and people having no excuse to ignore God or to not know him. But right. that's the thing is like if the natural world cries out the evidence of a creator and right. then that's true in us as well, that, that both our souls and the brokenness in us cries out for a savior and toward our creator, even when we don't know how to name him or how to truly approach him, it still does. And so the things we create, especially like when we talked about mid journey and when we talk about things like that, when we talk about music and art where people are trying to express something deeper than just words will convey, right. you start touching on elements of holy searching, if nothing mm -hmm. else. And when we encounter truth, all truth is God's truth. If that thing's true, that comes right. from God. And that's part of the reason why people go, well, that's your truth. That's my truth. That's not how truth works. Truth right. is true or not. That's it. The truth is not falsehood. And, well, it's so like you asking the wrong question. <laughs> if you're, you know, and you get into right. that conversation, it's like, is this truly evil or is it truly good? And you're like, that's, you know, yes and no. What, yeah. You know, it's like, those are the wrong questions. What it really right. boils down to is, you know, is my heart submitted to God in this thing? Is, yeah. you know, am I following him through this thing? Am right. I, am I, am I, you know, worshiping him in this space and not, Absolutely. is this evil? <laughs> right. you know? well, and, and I think, and the, the, the last thing I think we have time for on that, it, I think the idea becomes redemptive incarnation. Right. Like the idea is to be incarnational in the way we live. We can't just be so separated. We're supposed to be in the world and not of the world. Jesus hung out with sinners, but he didn't just do that to join what they did. He hung mm -hmm. out with sinners and redeemed them, transformed them, made their life, called them to be radically different right. in the way they were living. And everything changed for them after they encountered him. And so we are called to do the same thing. And it may not happen as immediately uh, as with Jesus, because while we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we're not Jesus. And right. so it, it might take a little more time. It might be a little sloppier because there's still our evil flesh wrestling with the Holy Spirit in us. And yet that's the call is to go into those places, hang out in all of those places. How's Christ going to be found in that if nobody will bring Christ into it? Right. And so go into and those where, spaces and, then and bring the redemption. Christian, you know, as Christians, we need only ask which way is the influence going and be honest about it. Yeah. Because if you're hanging out with a bunch of, you know, knuckleheads that are up to no good, and you're saying, I'm not going to do those things. Uh, you yeah. know what? I'm not going to go there. I, I can't go with you there. I don't think that's funny. Whatever. Right. You, not, I'm not saying you'd be a buzzkill, but it's like you're just, you, you hold to your biblical ethic. You mm -hmm. hold to your, you know, you want to, you're, you're making, you're, you know, Jesus is there with you. So you're, you're, yeah. you're wanting, ah, well, I'd rather please him than these knuckleheads. And then right. by all means, hang out with whoever you want. But when, you know, it comes to like, well, yeah. we're just going to rob one 7-Eleven or whatever, you know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like hold on. <laughs> Whoa. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like so being I an undercover that, cop. You got to be an undercover yeah. Christian, but not undercover. You're actually bringing Christ into it yes. and overtly yeah. trying to be an ambassador for the kingdom. The ambassador yeah. doesn't pretend like they don't know what you're talking about. They, they come in right. and go, no, no, but my country's the best, yeah. you know? Or even I'm to say like, percent. you know, Hey, I, I choose not to do that thing. You know, I can't mm -hmm. do that with you. I love you whenever you want to hang out and do something else. You know, yeah. I've made those decisions plenty of times because, Absolutely. you know, well, it's like I, I'm, I'm maintaining the love in the relationship without compromising my ethic. Right. And, you know, just like, I think, I think that's the space we can, we can walk confidently Yeah, is like just, you know, all right. But when it starts to go the other way, you just have to know, you know, be honest.
because mm-hmm. you're going to interact with the world. It's part of the job. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's one of the, one of the coolest things to me about uh, getting a chat with Sean uh, is that, um, you know, just that recent conversion, so to speak, and, and you know, and then a following call to ministry. And so he's pursuing schooling in that and a nice. biblical education and, um, uh, and, you know, moving toward like, how do I get into ministry and stuff? And, uh, his handle is the punk rock preacher. And so he like posts a lot of videos, you know, just like this stuff where it's just like text on screen and, you know, while like rancid's playing, but he's making like theological arguments. And so nice. It's like, <laughs> it's funny, you know, like it's, it's a cool, um, dichotomy of like, Hey, this is, you know, like elements of the world that are fun, uh, you know, but like, it's also an inroad to talk to people who might not be listening if it was just right. blasting, you know, Bethel worship, you right. know? And so, um, anyway, that's a fun interview. Should be, it should be good times. Uh, Sean is rad for Jesus and we hope you enjoy that interview. Thanks for checking out. Be rad for Jesus. Stay buy tuned. Buy some merch. And buy some merch. <laughs> Man, I, I'm so excited, but we got some merch Ooh. in. Boo! But the merch looks Yay. pretty dope. We got the uh, B-Rad for Jesus hat. I got the um, the blue one here with the dope uh, embroidery on it. Nice, nice embroidered logo with the faded kind of sunset. We got a pink and purple version of that too, uh, both on all black or on with a pink bill and buttons and holes and all that, if you like that kind of thing. So that's pretty rad. And you can get that same graphic on hoodies and t-shirts and things in the blue and orange or in the um, pink and purple. Then we also got these, the cancel your reactionism, got the little logo there. But uh, I went for the retro fade on the retro, like athletic gray t-shirt. Scott's got a heathered uh, charcoal with the neon print coming and I'm sure he'll wear that soon. You can get all that at uh, beradforjesus.com. There's links to all of that. And so, uh, and we got a Patreon up, but so man, there's so many ways to support us. If you want to support this podcast, if you like what we do, um, then do that. Buy stuff. Scott, <laughs> comments, thoughts, concerns. I, uh, I have no comments because I don't have any merch, but it looks great. <laughs> it has looked great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are excited about it. Hey, I am here with Sean Kohler. He is a uh, dude known as the Punk Rock Preacher on uh, TikTok and I believe Instagram now and some other places. And um, I'm excited to talk to him. I've known him for a while in various church uh, connections and uh, attending and serving at the same church for a time. And I'm excited for you guys to get to know him. Sean, welcome to the B-Rad for Jesus podcast. How you doing, man? I am doing great. Um, just, uh, you know, getting out there and trying to encourage as much as possible. Awesome. Dude, um, I love it. I uh, So we've known each other for a bit. And uh, just a moment ago, you were talking about how um, your uh, beard pre-grayness uh, drew some connections to <laughs> uh, people mistaking you for me. Um yeah, I, uh, I've had that a lot at my last church. Um, there's a guy who looks a lot like me and he's the worship pastor and I'm the, I was the student pastor, student ministry pastor. And so I'd be off in a different building 
with the teenagers doing all that stuff. And then I would walk through and we had a cafe. So we like offered breakfast and everything. So I'd go through and like get, you know, get in line and, and be getting breakfast. And inevitably somebody would tell me like, Oh, the worship was beautiful today. And I'm like, I saw him earlier. We're not even wearing the same outfit. <laughs> like I was in with the students and like, I was playing bass on the worship team, but you didn't hear that. Cause you were like 90. So, you know, but it would be like uh, random, uh, you know, like all ages would totally mistake that. Although I really did see it one time we were wearing the exact same shirt from target, just two different colors that were like slightly different, but it was the same like striped flannel shirt. And I was like, okay, like on the same day and everything had fresh haircuts, had the beards trimmed and I have a selfie somewhere with him and it, we look like we're uh, definitely related. So I understand the uh, <laughs> thing, yeah. but yeah, I think it's uh, like I was saying before, uh, you know, people see a beard and they just like hone in on that and they don't look at the rest of you. So they're just like, Oh, the guy with the beard, that must be who I was thinking of. And uh, you know, it's like that meme where it's like, ma'am, my eyes are up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny is like I said, I didn't have all this gray and I used to grow it out just big and poofy. Right. And, mm-hmm. I had a picture, I think it was like eight years ago, that I, I snapped of you on Snapchat, and people started commenting, or like, looking good, Sean, and I'm like, thanks, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have not fully introduced you yet, so tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, family, what you do, how you connected to the church, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Sean, all right? Um I was uh, I was an atheist for a long time, uh, and and not your typical, you know, like oh I just don't care atheist. Like my wife was at one point. She was like eh, I don't care. Uh, I was like a full on. I don't like you guys. I don't like God. And I'm gonna tell you about it every chance I get. And um, and so you know my my wife and I both got married as unbelievers. Um, it was around the time that we had our daughter that I started uh, having a lot of questions about stuff. And um, my mom kept, inter- you know, she kept asking me to go to church, and uh, I, <laughs> I told her there was no way in hell uh, <laughs> that I would go to church, and uh, she asked me persistently, and there were a number of people who were actually praying for me, um, mm. uh, Steve Gardner, who later became my mentor. Yeah, um, he's a good dude. He was praying for me, yeah. Um, just to give, so for people who don't know Steve, um, the context of this guy, he's just this guy who, uh, I think at the time, was he still doing, uh, working with the military doing stuff? He was always like doing like outdoor expert, like survival training or something with him, like down in Bridgeport and stuff. But so he was working with the Marines and stuff and doing that. And, you know, he's not a spring chicken, you know, he was, he (laughs) had, had a, um, you know, some, some mileage to him but i i mean obviously still an active guy but he's such a cool dude um but his job overtly was not to be a uh to be a pastor or to be a, a bible teacher he he you know did this other stuff but his wife worked at the church as one of the admins and i remember so many times i would walk out and it, there was a bench right outside the youth room at our church and i would walk outside and he'd be sitting there with his bible open and like commentaries and stuff uh, you know but i mean he had this huge bible and he was just usually just sitting there with that um and and then like i said occasionally a commentary or something and i re- i remember one time i just walked by cuz i'd always give him like a they're like all right keep up on that let me know what you find you know and like 
like, you know, just give them a little ribbing here and there. And then, but one time, you know, I pointed out like, dude, your wife doesn't get off work for another like two hours. You know, you're just going to be sitting out here reading this whole time. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, you studying up for a message or, so, or Bible study or something. He's like, no, I'm just spending time in the word with the Lord. And who's like, all right, well, I'm going to go back to being <laughs> paid to be a pastor over here and not read that much scripture today. <laughs> so, yeah, the dude's, uh, dude's I mean, super the, smart. The guy is amazingly, has a deep and abiding faith and respect uh, for the Lord and, and is an amazing teacher of the word. Anyway, sorry. So so that's Steve. So that's who we're talking about. Continue. Yeah, well, and what's funny is like people think, I have a lot of books, you know, you can only see these ones behind me, but I've got shelves mm-hmm. over here and they go, wow, what did it take you to accumulate all those books? And I was like, honestly, Steve gave me half of these. He just <laughs> give me a book. Like, yeah. here, take this one. Um, so, but yeah, Steve's a cool dude. He's actually, uh, he's pastoring in Georgia right now. Yeah. But um, he was praying for me. Another brother, uh, Chris Wright, who has another podcast called um, For His Namesake. Mm. Um he yeah. was praying for me as well, and and uh, yeah, so I guess it worked. <laughs> so, uh, so, but you know, eventually, my I, I answered my mom, and I said I got tired of her asking me to go to church and check things out with her. So I said, and, and I always regret my words sometimes, but I said mm. if it'll shut you up one time, <laughs> yeah, I'll go one time. Uh, and that was it, man. I, I went to church, and I fully expected to. You know, Bill was the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to I haven't yet. Um, <laughs> we've talked about it, and we nearly planned it, and then it, it didn't happen yet. So we'll get on that. But <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I fully went in with the attention. Of, I'm going to like tear this apart, right? I'm going to make mm-hmm. a fool of this guy. And, well, and, uh, and tell us, tell us what was the what was the series and the topic? Because I, I feel like that was part of the the draw and the the motivation for your response there. Yeah, it was but, a it was a blockbuster series, which is and like so, a lot of people do it. Like at the movies, they would call it where you're taking a movie and you're kind of breaking out some biblical truth from the themes in the film, right? And that, but you didn't really know what to expect. You just thought this guy's going to trash like the Avengers. Yeah, it was like yeah, because it was Iron Man or the Avengers or something. And, yeah, and uh, I thought, oh, this church—they're going to touch my beloved, you know, comic books. Um, which is funny later on to see how many people actually really loved comic books there. Um, I've, I've seen pastors come out in Captain America costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, so I listened to come it. Come out and, on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I listened to it, and, you know, it was like I'm sitting there just thinking like, oh, wait, wait, oh, no, that's not bad. Okay. And then I'm like, nope, right here, I'm going to get him. Like, no, that's not bad. And I left there going... Oh, I don't really have anything to say about this. So I came back, <laughs> yeah. and I kept coming back trying to trying to figure things out. And eventually, um, you know, I had really had a, I had a Bible. My dad had given me a Bible, and you know, I I had the two or three verses memorized out of context to, for gotcha moments. You know, yeah. Um, but something about something, God murdering babies or something yeah, else that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> So I sat there and, and thought, okay, you know, if I'm going to be fair, because, you know, most of the time as an atheist, we're not fair. Um, <laughs> I, I, I decided I had to actually read it, right? But I didn't mm. know where to start. 
Um, and that's where I ended up actually meeting Steve was my, uh, my mom was attending a Bible study. It was a Bible in a year that he was leading. Hmm. And uh, I came and it was towards the end. So I got like revelation, <laughs> which is an one. interesting, it's an interesting thing to get as an, as a possible new believer, right? Yeah. That's a way. So to we got, in. we got through that and I just said, I looked at Steve and I said, I have more questions. I need, I need more. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, he's like, well, the group's over. <laughs> and I just said, <laughs> but I have questions. And he said, you know, he says, meet me at Starbucks on Sunday. So we started meeting regularly after that. And um, he really took me under his wing and discipled me. And um, I, I always tell people, you know, I've never been a seminary, but I feel like I've had a seminary education because right. I spent like eight years with Steve Gardner um, doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's that, that's how the faith thing came into play. And then as far as like really being active in the church, I remember going to Bill mm-hmm. and, and saying, uh, you know, it, I don't really see a Bible study for like new believers, people who are new to their faith. Mm. And I think his response was, oh, there is one. And I said, really, where's that? And he goes, I don't know. Where are you leading it? And I'm like, oh, yeah. So I ended yeah, he, up leading. He was it. good at deflecting those, like, you know, hey, I need this ministry to happen, and so I have this idea. When are you going to start that? And, the, and he was he was good about being like, that sounds like a great thing for you to do. And yeah, just well, put and, it right back. And and the funny thing is, is I questioned it at first. I was like, me, like I'm I'm brand new, and and he says, you know, Sean. He goes, I'm getting to know you, and yeah, you're new. He's like, but I've seen you dig into this word, you know, far more and with far more interest and, and desire than most Christians who have been around a long time. So right. so he challenged me to lead that, and that was the first thing that I really yeah. got involved in at the church, and it just kind of all went crazy Spiraled from there. Spiraled from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> That's awesome, man. Um, I love the, uh, you know, it's 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 funny because sometimes it, it, we want to look for like years and years, decades even of experience and training before we're willing to let somebody do any sort of leading at all. Um, and then if you give acts like just a really pure reading, um. Paul goes on these missionary journeys and, you know, like, I mean, he spends a couple months in each spot at times. Like there are one or two times where he spends a year or two, but they're not like 20 year journeys. You know, it's like a lot of the places he's there for a few months and then he moves on. But, um, I think it's on his second one, the second or third one, he goes back through all the cities he's visited and started churches in. But like, consider that, like he took a couple of guys with him. Mm-hmm. They went to a new town, they started a church and then they left. How's that church meeting together? He left somebody with instruction, empowerment and some sort of right. qualification after a short time to go and, and lead this church. And so it says that then he comes back through and apparently there's somebody leading that church and he, they established elders and teachers in each church as they went back through and then left. And it's like, I mean, you just walking through grabbing a dude like this guy's known Jesus for like three months now, like, cool, cool, cool. So you're going to be an elder. And you know, <laughs> and like what? And that's how the church multiplied. 
And so not saying that we should just grab like any newbie. I mean, he lays that out uh, elsewhere in the New Testament in the pastoral letters, but he does lay out a decent case for, uh, or Luke, as he's recording what happened in Acts, you do have some kind of indicators that, you know, it, it wasn't about like a deep seminary degree and years of experience and everything else to shepherd yeah. some people. It was about a dedication to the word and trusting in the Holy Spirit to empower and lead people. And when you see that character trusting to give somebody a, a shot at stepping into that. And, um, and that was back when they didn't even have immediate feedback. Like, it's not like somebody could text Paul and be like, Hey, yo, this guy's going off the rails. Like he had to like hear about yeah. it months later. I mean, they, they could get quite a ways down the road and he did deal with some of that, but it, you deal with that anyway with people who went to seminary. So um, anyway, it, I just, um, I love the, I love that you had that opportunity and that you had, um, you know, that in, engagement with Steve and everything, but that, that passion and priority of, you know, digging into scripture and seeing where that leads you for real. Um, I, I think is probably the biggest indicator for someone like Bill to say, you know what, this is, um, you know, this is somebody who could step into this and continuing on this path of, I'm going to dig into scripture and lead in that way that we can trust that because the scripture won't lead you astray. And if you're faithful to seeking answers and, and validation and direction from scripture, uh, you're not going to get weird. You know, it's when people yeah. start doing whatever they want and just acting all willy nilly that it, it, it's crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um, and you mentioned earlier, but, uh, you, you have a wife, you've been married and, um, uh, for a, a minute now and, um, you got a couple kids. So, yeah. um, very, very cool. Um, I'm curious what, uh, or, oh, sorry. I may have interrupted. You were still sharing about your experiences, uh, getting plugged into church. Um, you want to share some of the stuff. So, uh, I, I feel like your engagement in church, you've done a lot of digital ministry and stuff. And like, you know, you run online church chat right now and, and, you know, uh, you've done video and media stuff. Uh, but you've also kind of developed this kind of tangent ministry of, uh, engaging, uh, on Christian TikTok, uh, which is not a different app, just literally the Christians who are on TikTok. Um, but, uh, you're pretty, um, pretty, uh, openly and, um, v what's the word vibrantly. No, that sounds weird. Uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for. It'll come to me. I'm going to use not. that word from now but, yeah. on. Vibrantly. The vibrant preacher. Okay. Uh, no, there's enough of that nonsense going around. Um, <laughs> but you've got, yeah, you've got a very engaged, uh, um, kind of, platform on uh on tiktok and so uh, I, I enjoy uh, engaging with that too <laughs> yeah um the tiktok thing kind of happened um on accident really it's uh for people who don't know i have a lifetime ban from facebook <laughs> don't ask well me how or why uh one day my my account disappeared and i spent months emailing Facebook and trying to call them, you know, you call their number and it, the, they just get a machine that says, we don't take phone calls. And it's like, okay. 
Um, and at one point, because I have a Facebook portal, right, a hundred and fifty dollar frame that you can do video through, which you have to be logged into Facebook. So I called Portal and was like, "Look, I got, I got a hundred and fifty dollar paperweight sitting on my my counter that I can't use because I don't have access to Facebook." And uh, uh, they contacted Facebook for me and came back with, "Sorry, it's irreversible." And I said, "Yeah, but you were supposed to ask them why." And I've never gotten a response. So. Um, so in that uh, sort of time that I was away from Facebook, by the way, I'm back on Facebook. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mysteriously, if I if I create any accounts, they they get banned. But I have a I have a way. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so during that time, it was um, a good mm. friend of ours, uh, Danielle, who uh, was you know she was playing with videos on TikTok, and she's mm. like, "You got to watch this TikTok video," and I I'm like. Kind of like my same response with the, you know, I'll never go to church. There's no way in hell I'll go to church. I said the same thing. There's no way. I'm, I'm not going to wear skimpy clothing and do stupid dances. I'm, I'm not doing dances. <laughs> That's what everybody thinks with, TikTok is. <laughs> well, I have done a dance video. I've, yeah, I did like through. two of them. But one of them was I, the, do you remember the Carol Baskin one? Yeah. Did you say I, I had like a Macho Man Randy Savage t-shirt and I rolled up the sleeves to make it look sleeveless and put on a trucker hat and I did the Carol Baskin dance like all redneck <laughs> looking and like that was that was my dance video. Uh let's see, mine mine was um there was a trending video of a news guy going, Where they at though? I I did something to that. Um but I think that the first trend I saw was the disrespect your surroundings. Have you ever seen those? Mm-mm. It's like a heavy metal band, and they, you know, it's there's this <clears throat> breakdown, and then he just screams, "Disrespect your surroundings!" Well, people were taking that and doing things like knocking over a street cone, or you know, right, right. So, uh, my daughter and I, this was like our second video on TikTok, and all we did was we were sitting next to the kitten, and we're looking at the camera, and the kitten's sitting here, and I had this little pink cowboy hat, and when it said "Disrespect your surroundings," I put the hat on the the cat. <laughs> And she looked super annoyed. Um, <laughs> well done. That was like one of our first. Yeah. So anyways, uh, not exactly, you know, Scorsese type. Yeah. Work. yeah. And it got tens <laughs> of views. All right. <laughs> tens of views. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was interesting. I was just doing a couple of funny things here and there. Didn't get a whole lot going on. My daughter was more interested in it than I was. Um, and of course, here I'm thinking I'm almost 40 and I'm on this this app that people are doing these TikTok dances, whatever. Uh, but then out of nowhere, I, I, I don't know, it was uh, sort of like God just shared with me, like, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, right? And yeah. I was thinking... It's like well, that tic- scripture TikTok. or something. <laughs> I said, well, the TikTok is the world. Uh, there's the old man in me, the TikTok. Um, yeah. And so I started <laughs> posting on the TikTok and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then I—I I think it was. Are you a victim of the millennial pause? I haven't—I haven't noticed that. Uh, I, I haven't thought to watch for it. But do you do it, or, or did you get past it? You know what I'm talking about? The millennial pause. Oh, see, so you're not even hip enough to know about that. Oof, <laughs> sketchy. No, I'm—I'm I'm right at the. I'm—I'm I'm on the length. I'm on the, the line of millennial and Gen X. So, bro, I've still got like the coolness of the. Don't Gen X. say that because you're younger than me, and I'm on the line of millennial and Gen X. So just step off. Um, <laughs> you get back on your own side of the lane over there. Uh, no, there's there's an attitudinal shift 
across a range of years in the early 80s, late 70s that is the boundary. It's kind of a gray. Um, anyway, that's uh, just me trying not to be old. Uh, but for real, I feel more like a millennial than a Gen Xer. Um, always identified more that way. I can identify however I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the millennial in you. Yeah. The, um, no, the millennial pause is Gen Z kids mocking the like 20, 30 and 40 somethings who are on, uh, you know, TikTok in particular. And they, they joke because, you know, it starts recording like literally the split second you touch that record button. Right. And mm-hmm. so you can tell when there's, uh, you, um, you can tell when there's a millennial or an older person using it, older people, why are millennials the old people now? But um, you can tell when the older people are using it who are unfamiliar with technology being as fast as it is because they wait a second, they go, hey, you know what I mean? And so there's like this pause where they're just like, and then they go because we're used to like hit record. Is it recording? Now it's recording. Okay. Now I can go. And instead of just used to that immediate thing. And it, it was a noticeable, like old, pe- old people. That was just like an immediate marker at the beginning of a video. If you don't start the split second, the video starts, then you're old. I think I was bad either way. Like I, I think I had those <laughs> moments where I would press the button and then go, Okay. And then there were times where I got overexcited and I started before I pressed the button. Yeah. See, I did that. I did that a ton. And I even trying to use the timer, I'm like three, two, one, zero, negative one. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, but so you made it, you made a cat video and then it blew up from there into theology because that's a logical leap. Well, it wasn't, I wasn't getting too many views obviously beforehand. And then God was sharing with me, like, you know, share the gospel. This is your job. This is what I've commanded you to do. And, uh, so I I was like, okay. And I think I, I shared the gospel once and it was kind of like, it was like, all right. And then, uh, I came across, it was Justin Dangerly. Is that, Mm. that his name? You know what I'm talking about? I don't. Oh, uh, he's he's got like a million followers, and and he he stitches videos where like there's something weird, and then uh, he gives like a quick answer, mm. uh, like you know, um, like some some girl will will be doing a video saying like, you know, uh, would you invite me in if I? And he just respond no. By the way, and he would give some sort of like fact. Yeah. Um. So I started kind of like mocking those a little bit with the gospel. I would stitch a video. Yeah, that makes sense. That, I've I've seen you quick... post a ton of those where somebody puts one of those, stitch this video, answer this idiotic question, just pineapple belong on pizza? And you're like, I don't yeah. care. But Jesus loves you. And <laughs> yeah, anyway. Sorry, yeah. Go, go on. So I, I did a couple of good. those and I was shocked because like one that I did, um, I don't know where it's at now, but like at the time it had like 20,000 views in like a couple of nice. days. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, where did that come from? And then right. I started looking at my follower count go mm-hmm. up and up. And then, and then, uh, people who were already pretty big on there started liking me for some reason and wanted yeah. to talk to me. And, and, uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a number of bigger names in Christian TikTok that started inviting me into their lives and going like, yeah, let's hang out with punk rock preacher. Um, that's awesome. Which, which at first it was just like, okay, so here's the old person thing, right? Like my handle was literally just like 
my email address without the at Gmail. Right. Because that was easy to remember, right? Yeah. So it was like SM Kohler 99. And then I'm like, all right. Uh, and then realized that wasn't very cool. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> started trying to think as a, as a younger dude. And, and, you know, I grew up in the punk rock world, man. Like my, yeah. my first experience, uh, you know, my mom was a punk rocker back in the day. And nice. uh, I don't remember what the story was or why. I think I was eight years old. Maybe she had tickets to see the Ramones and couldn't find a babysitter. I don't. I don't remember. But my mom just decided, "Yeah, I'm gonna take my son to go see the Ramones," and uh, like right there in the thick of things uh, in Berkeley mm. to see the Ramones, and that that was like it, man. And and I've, I've had a, a wide range of music and all that mm. over these years, but. But man, I grew up everything just, from like thrashcore to pop punk. Yeah, yeah, I get it. The full range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when you like rancid and suicidal tendencies, they're, yeah. they're two different realms, sort of, but they're, they're kind of the, the same thing, you know? <laughs> no, I, but, I just love it. Like when you talk to somebody who's really into a particular genre, when they talk about like their diverse taste, they mean like, three different subgenres of the same kind of music. You know, they're like, look, what? I listen to a bit of everything. And it's like, yeah, you literally yeah. still listen. Like all of those are still on the same page of the music style catalog, bro. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but when well, no, you're really continue. into a style, you'll find like 50 subgenres within. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to, to metal and, you know, I've listened to country, not a huge fan of hip hop. There, there's some oh. stuff I do like in hip hop, but not really. It's it's been a punk thing for me, and I remember specifically uh, Operation Ivy. Man, that that was like they put out one album. They were out for like what a year. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, for people who don't know, that's Tim Armstrong who started Rancid. He was that was his first band, and uh, that was that was some interesting music for me. I was like, I, I kind of dig this, and mm -hmm. it's been all punk from then. My mom worked in the music business promoting concerts and stuff like that so i got to see a lot of these bands like up front backstage you know um i i had a lot of really cool experiences growing up with music yeah. so that's awesome um dude i i just have so many different rancid songs like cycling through my brain right now <laughs> it's very distracting everything from like stuff like i can place the I can't even, I don't even know what song it is. I can just like hear the beat and then the like, you know, like just the ding, 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 ding with Tim Armstrong going, it's like, dude, I can't understand half of what he says because it's just like yeah. the most punk rock vocal ever. It's just all, I mean, it sounds like he's singing while puking half the time. I mean, it's, yeah. it's great gotta, though. Like I, I dig me some rancid, but um, and He's dude, they a, go a hard. Style. I've seen them live, and they are like that is a freaking <laughs> yeah. show. Um, it's an yeah. event to be at. That's what I love about punk rock and metal stuff. Like, like you know, you get in a mosh pit or something, or, or you know, you're out there, and I mean, it's not just like wow, I heard them play that song very talentedly live. It's, it's like. Man, I experienced a thing. Like we had a collective moment where stuff happened, yeah. and you know, some people like they don't walk the same anymore. <laughs> I mean, there, life is different. Some things about yeah, there's some things about bands um, that I've always believed you don't have to be the most talented individual, <laughs> but you have to have the most energy. Yeah, right. And so there are bands that I've seen that just flat out suck. That I have been like, yeah, because they're just you know, they're full of energy. And yeah. uh, I think it's a big part of music, you know, and 
Yeah. Um, Dude, I loved yeah, uh, Fat Records, uh, no, Fat Mike from NoFX, his record label, uh, all just, you know, like 90s skate punk bands. And uh, mm-hmm. but they they put out a series of live albums called I Heard They Suck Live. Yeah. And so it was all these, you know, like, I mean, Lagwagon, NoFX, uh, yeah. Strung Out, those all albums. those. Yeah. I, I have... I had a lot of those. I was really into the fat wreck, uh, and some of the epitaph bands like Pennywise and bad religion and all that. And Pennywise I've seen several times. Yeah. Penny, Pennywise put on a killer, killer show. I've seen Lagwagon and no effects live. They both rock. Um, still like I saw no effects is just now retiring. Like this year they're doing their farewell tour. It was like, they still play live. (laughs) Oh, okay. So here's, here's one for you. This will, this will really age us. Um, I have tickets in November to go see Dropkick Murphys. Dang. And I'm excited. It's not the first time I've seen them. I've yeah. seen them before. Um, so I'm super excited. And I, I, as I was looking it up, I went, I'm looking at the poster for the tour. And I'm like, who are these grandpas? Like, <laughs> they're <laughs> all them. Old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, who's, who's the band? It wasn't Dropkick Murphys. It was uh, Dang. I just remember I saw a, um, this was before I was saved or anything. Uh, and so I thought this was like the coolest thing at the time, but I saw a, um, a, like one of those Irish punk rock bands. Oh, I can't think of who it is. The flogging Molly flogging Molly. Yeah. That's, that's who it was. And there's a, um, a girl that plays fiddle and they're literally, and they're actually from Ireland. Like dropkick Murphy's are like Boston Irish punk. Like they're like inner city, you know, like, and we're from Boston, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and they're just, you know, and they're all Irish guys, whatever. But, but, uh, sw- uh, uh, not swinging udders, uh, <laughs> flogging Molly. They're flogging from, Molly. they're from, uh, Ireland. And, um, you know, they're, they're on stage and everything and they're, and they're jamming. And I mean, they were playing a rocking show. And then it was like less than halfway through. They were going to start a song and they stopped and the fiddle player, I mean, this girl probably weighs 95 pounds. I mean, she's tiny and she goes over and she grabs like a tall can of Guinness, cracks it open, chugs it, smashes it on her head, throws it at the crowd and then starts stomping and like playing like the fastest punk rock Irish folk you know yeah. fiddle riff and I was just like yeah that's, <laughs> like, that's funny they're so uh, just yeah like you said just I mean energy you know turn it up to 11,000 yeah just oh oh here here's a hidden little uh, tidbit of knowledge for you uh, Dave King the singer of Flogging Molly before he started Flogging Molly he was actually in an 80s hair band called Fastlane Look it up nice. on YouTube. You'll you'll be shocked. <laughs> he's got the he's got the red flowing hair. You know, oh, that's leather gross. pants jamming on his guitar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, further proof, it's all just a scene, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like a high school kid. So, um, so Sean, so punk rock is fun. Um, okay, last thing I'll say on that was uh, the worst part about being into punk and metal was then getting saved because I got saved a little later, you know, in my uh, years as well. I got saved when I was twenty one, and so then of course people are like hearing my music tastes and they're like. Oh man, you're really into all those skate punk bands. You got to listen to, and they'd give me like, 
MXPX. And I'm like, oh, I've heard of them. They're all right. Like, I don't care. And then they'd be like, very good. And then, but those were the people that were like kind of in it and they were trying, you know, they're like, you know, introduced me to tooth and nail and that, and I was like, meh, like most of those bands, like some of them were okay. Cause I was like in a phase where I was like, I just, I want it to be about Jesus more than anything. But then the more I listened to it, half that stuff wasn't about Jesus anyway. You know, they were just like supposedly Christians or like on a Christian label. Then I got into Face Down Records, which was a bit more legit as far as, uh, you know, like that's a bunch of hardcore, uh, not really punk, uh, some of the hardcore punk bands, but like hardcore and metalcore stuff. And that was like when I really started, I was like, dude, these lyrics are sick. And this band is so rad and heavy and, uh, you know, finding everything from like impending doom to, you know, like... um under oath and 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 that kind of stuff uh, you know back when all those bands were christian and, and um but then i remember a dude uh trying to get he was like you got to stop listening to this you know secular stuff man here i'll give you something if you like all that you're gonna love these guys and he gave me like a four dv or a four dvd <laughs> vhs box set of all of the music videos of dc talk and i was like oh, wow. Oh, okay. I've never For heard gen- of these guys. And so then I took, you know, I had a VCR DVD combo at player at home. And so I went and I put it in and I remember, I distinctly remember I put it in and I turned it back off and I got up and I closed my window in my apartment. I closed the curtains. I made sure my roommate wasn't home. And then I turned it back on because it started like immediately. I was like, this is so cringy. I don't want anyone to know I'm listening to this, <laughs> but I'll give it a try. And I tried it and I was like fast forwarding through stuff because DVDs, you know, or VHS, you can't just skip the track. And I was like, try. it was not good. So I did, I ended up giving it to somebody else who was very excited about it. But I, I just, I don't understand anybody's interest or like of DC talk at all. <laughs> I think I like very vaguely at the beginning of my walk discovered Jesus freak and I was like, ah, this is okay. <laughs> but like oh, the, the but then but then you go through everything go, else. <laughs> I mean, I'm I can't really I mean, no offense, like Toby Mac would ever be watching this anyways. But <laughs> sorry, Toby Mac, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I I try I have friends who are very into him and so like I appreciate that you like him. Everyone's entitled to their own wrong opinions, but I um <laughs> I just can't. I try and I can't. Um, but anyway, that's you know, you know Toby to... Mac is a big viewer of this, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be watching. Oh this yeah, he's our number one Patreon. Yeah, um, number one fan. <laughs> he's got all the merch. Uh, <laughs> Toby, if you ever listen to this, I, I'm happy to uh, have a conversation and and uh, have you convince me that I'm wrong. The one thing I will say is, dude is about Jesus, and so I'm mm-hmm. props to that. Like, I'm a big fan of the message he's putting out there that he's about Jesus. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, never mind. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> so coming back to, um, you know, things. So you shared a bit about how you came to faith and everything else. What's what's the most radically uh, different thing in your life coming from having been an atheist? Like, where do you find your biggest divergence from culture in following Jesus? Uh, well, part of that could be the music, right? Mm. There's a, there's a lot of things that, uh, I listen to as an unbeliever that, 
you know, I still listen to some secular music that I that I really like, but I had to think about certain bands yeah. and what the what they're pushing out there. And and uh, I, you know, I was a big fan of Alkaline Trio. I love those dudes. They were pushing the Church of Satan for the longest time. I I can't, you know, I can't get with that yeah. as a Christian. I really need to to cut that stuff out. So, right. Just a shift in music, and like you said, trying to find something that really fits with me, but you know, isn't super lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I found some, I've actually found some tooth and nail bands that I like Yeah, that, uh, children, 18, three were phenomenal. Mm. Um, flatfoot 56, which, you know, as we go mm-hmm. back to the Irish punk, yeah, yeah. you know, thing, stuff like that's okay. You know, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably that shift and, and recognizing that, um, well, right off the, off the bat, when I became a Christian, um, you know, swearing was, I mean, I swear all over the place. Right. And, but the one thing that I had to get was, was blasphemy. And like, mm. from the, I'm like, you know what, it's going to slip. I'm going to say the F word, you know, whatever I said, I have to stop this one first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, blasphemy. And, and surprisingly it, it wasn't that hard. Uh, the rest of the cursing was probably cause <laughs> I was leaning, you know, leaning on it. Yeah. And, and I've and I've definitely gotten better. Than no, no. Watch me stub my toe at two a.m. and uh, let's just say, like, I got work to do. All right. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so, I did that yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I tried to. There was a while there where I tried to just eliminate anything that was me mm. because it was all bad because it wasn't Jesus. And then I started realizing that yeah, yeah. Jesus created me, and I'm not going into a a progressive statement he made me here. just the way I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going that way. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, a lot of these things, and, and this is where the punk rock preacher thing comes from, right? I can connect with mm-hmm. with people, and I've actually have on TikTok, people who don't engage in Christian TikTok started talking to me because they're like, oh, you're into punk music. Like, cool. And of course, I'd, I'd have the occasional, you can't be punk and follow Jesus, man. Following like, Jesus is the most punk rock thing ever. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, Jesus doesn't care what your opinion is on that. Come on now. That's yeah. punk rock. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but but there were several people that came and was like, oh, you mean I can I can like Jesus and be a punk rocker? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that started, you know, going that way. And, and uh and then even with the more established Christian TikTokers, you know, it was mm-hmm. it was bringing in people into their lives yeah. because it was like, oh, I remember going to see this concert and all this, and people would start talking about it. And then we would notice, hey, there's 100 people in this live. It's like gospel call. Yeah. You know, and so, <laughs> right. and so we'd see that. You talk about this random stuff, and then all of a sudden people were coming into the live, and it's like, we got them. And so now we can preach Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we've seen we've seen souls saved through that. We've seen. I mean, I've personally walked people uh, through that. That's awesome. And seen them come to Christ on the app. Um, you and I did one yeah. in a live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's awesome, man. Um, there, there's a lot of opportunity to to share the gospel and speak truth, um, and. Uh, and unfortunately, I mean, and fortunately, but un- unfortunately in a way, um, it's where a lot of people go to seek truth 
And so then if that's where people are going, well, let's go there and answer them with something good and not just the ravings of, you know, somebody who's looking for views by, you know, exposing skin or, or just being rebellious or being crazy. Let's bring truth and grace into those places. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I love that and, and redeeming or utilizing the tools available, uh, of that time. And I mean, I think, you know, like in his day, you know, Jesus went into synagogues, Paul went into synagogues, you know, they're, they, they used the available places of gathering and, and locating people and going, all right, this is where we can go and talk, talk about the truth to people and, uh, and, and bring them to this. And so, you know, utilizing social media for that is the same thing for the church now. Well, it's no different than going into the tax collector's home and eating dinner with the sinners, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, <clears throat> all right. So let, what's, um, I want to hear one, epic like of all the different ways that you've engaged with god uh whether it this is a personal moment or just one of those times where you're looking at like you know maybe it's the way something came about uh in one of the tiktok lives or something but what's the most radically awesome thing you've seen or experienced in following jesus um you know that there's i mean there's definitely a few stories that stand out and and overall um it's really just you know, people want to see evidence of God. They want to see, and it's like, dude, he's doing stuff yeah. all around you all the time. Right? right. And, and most of the time we're not looking. And I've had so many experiences where I, I had not planned on something. I was going a different way and God went, uh, Nope, you turn. Mm-hmm. And then things just worked out. And uh, a couple of stories in particular was, um, a close friend of mine now who was an atheist, um, you know, and him and I do, we, we meet together every week and, and do Bible study. He, he was an atheist and I was, I think I was serving on the prayer team at the church at the time. Mm. Um, and actually I think I was leading it and it was a Sunday night cause we'd done night services at the time. Mm. Um, and I had done the morning and just went, ah, I've got a team who's there, so I'm not, I'm not going to come by the church. And I'm, I'm literally driving past on, um, on 395. Yeah. And I just got this urge, this tug to like, I mean, it's almost like if, if I didn't make the decision to turn the wheel, the wheel was going to turn anyway. Right. Um, I know those feelings. And going into the church and being met by somebody, a, a lady there um, that just went, I'm glad you're here. There's a man in here and he's crying in the prayer area and, <laughs> and there's no men here to talk to him. Nice. And and I go in there and and this guy had been invited. Um, he had been an atheist his whole life and uh, was seriously questioning things. And so I walk in and there's this dude, he's emotional. And I sit down and pray with him and, and he came to Christ and the dude's still killing it to this day. Like I said, we, we do Bible study every week with this guy. That's awesome. Um, so things like that. I've, I've had God lead me through a high-speed chase through Indian Hills. That's... <laughs> <laughs> if... So uh, I had a, a boss at the time. This was before I was uh, working in ministry. Mm-hmm. I was working in a martial arts school. And my boss was our chief instructor. Uh, somebody had stolen his car right out of his driveway. Whoa. To which my, I'm thinking, if they knew who he was, they wouldn't have stolen his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he calls me and he says, man, they stole my car. And he's like, you know, his other car was just sitting in the driveway, had a dead battery. He's like, can you come jump my car so I can get to work? And I said, okay. So I go down there. 
And I do that. And this is like an hour after his car was stolen. And I'm leaving. He lived behind Home Depot there in the um, in that area. And I'm leaving. And this is an hour or so after. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I get that same tug. Yeah. Like, pull into Home Depot. And I'm like, I, I, why? I don't want to go to Home Depot. My wife works there. I don't like that place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... I, I, same thing. I pull in and I'm looking and I give my, my friend a call, my former boss. And I'm like, dude, your car is doing donuts in the Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, what? He's like, don't let him out of your sight. And I just did this. I got you, bro. And I hung up the phone and I just followed this guy through the neighborhood back there. And at one point we get to one of those circles, you know, and he's, he's come around, he's here and I'm here. And I did that, you know, I turned and looked and I went, he hit the gas he was like i'm out of here so i get on the phone with the police yeah and i'm like i'm chasing this guy through indian hills you know and And they're like don't do that he stole he stole my friend's car you know come get him yeah and so i'm chasing this guy through on the phone with the police (laughs) and they're like but the funny thing is is they were like don't lose him but don't speed and I'm like, well, I'm speeding. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so he pulls in. He praise pulls the Lord, into, no one died. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls into this apartment complex, and I went flying by, not realizing he was going to pull in there. And I turn around and I come back in, and he's already in handcuffs. <laughs> there was two undercover police who were like on a drug sting. <laughs> nice. And this guy comes flying in and they i guess the cops both looked at each other and said that's the car they just called over the radio <laughs> and so they they arrested him well the funny thing is is there was a string of robbery robberies that morning people were getting like tools and stuff stolen yeah. out of their garage it was all on the back of my friend's car <laughs> so they they solved like 18 crimes in the matter of a minute because uh, you chased this dude into an apartment complex. Because God led me into a high-speed chase. I don't know. I mean, some people might debate and say, I don't think that was of God. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Like, I really did not want to yeah. lean into that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's Nobody funny. got hurt. Okay, so, so so of course that had to conclude with then you got out of the car and shared the gospel and, and both cops and the guy gave their lives to Jesus, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's some... So, that's some stuff. So one of the one of the arresting cops was actually already a member of our church. Oh, nice. Yes. So there it goes. <laughs> Jesus was setting things up. He was ready. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, and yeah. and yeah, how much? Uh, even on that question of like, you know, how is following Jesus radically different? Like, there's things like that where it's like, look, you know, if we believe that we can interact with and know the living God who created the universe, then there should be something on occasion supernatural yeah. that occurs and uh and mm-hmm. so the the idea that he might lead or or even just nudge us in the right direction give us a sense of uh, of where to go at times uh it makes sense um and yeah. so that I, I love that and and that's um that's a very practical you know potentially daily occurrence of you know like how how is god calling me to live today. What does that look like in this? And how can I be open to have ears to hear and eyes to see what he might put in front of us so that we can do the things that need to be done or that he would have us do if we were just paying attention instead of just like going through our lives, doing our own thing. Right. So, um, Sean, 
we we've talked uh some punk rock we've talked some uh you know some some good stories some redemption of uh atheists both you and uh other people <laughs> which is awesome I, I love that um as painful and awkward as it can be at times i love when god uses the things that he's brought us through to minister to others um because we have a unique perspective on it. it's like no no i've been there and i can understand and and i can speak into that or i've been through other things and so i can um you know, I can relate that God can really bring us to a place of overcoming these things. So for that, um, for that atheist, for that, um, you know, teenager, for that person on TikTok who's got all the questions and all the reasons why they won't do any of this, why they're uninterested in Jesus, why is following Jesus worth the cost of following him? Like, what's your elevator pitch of like, Look, you know, I I have this long. Here's why following Jesus is radically different and radically awesome and worth it. Well, to make it start out positive, first of all, your life doesn't get super great and you're not going to become rich and famous. And despite what others may tell you, um, there's some suffering. And I heard there were jets. In the midst of that (laughs) suffering. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't. When I accepted Christ, I was handed a briefcase full of dollar bills. I, you know, uh, <laughs> pennies on no, pennies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it, things. You don't suddenly become like super blessed financially. Like you, all your struggles don't go away. There's still struggles, but you get to see God in the midst of those struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, and and there is a protection that comes in that when we see. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. refusing to take the knee and being thrown into the fire. They weren't prevented from being thrown in the fire, but God was with them in the fire, and in that was protected. And I got music and, playing. There was another in the fire. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, so you know, it's as a it's it's hard to say because as an atheist, you will definitely not see mm. these things. Um, I didn't see him. It was when I became a follower that these things were revealed to me, right? Mm. Um, and and that's like I said, that can be hard to explain to somebody who's like, it's almost like, well, just believe, and you know. Um, but it really is just like that. There are mm. things that happen in my life now that, like, if they had happened to me yeah. as an atheist, I'd have been like, well, open your eyes, dummy, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. Because it's right there in front of you, and Scripture talks about that. It talks about, um, you know, the Pharisees. I think it was in First Corinthians. Uh, shoot, I don't know. First Corinthians something. <laughs> it, it's, First it Corinthians. Talks about shoot, how, I don't know. That's a great verse. <laughs> it, well, it talks about Paul, Paul saying that the um, there is a reason why the Pharisees they had all the knowledge in the world about the Messiah, yet they couldn't see him mm. right in front of them. And there was a reason for that. And so uh, while it may sound lame for me to say, you know what, just take it in faith. It's really how it is. Yeah. You know, and when, when you have that faith, scripture says all these things will be revealed to you. Yep. And so from the atheist perspective, it looks like, look at this fool who just believes this stuff. And then from the Christian perspective, it's like, wow, if he only saw. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I love it. Um, yeah, he's, he's worth, he's worth knowing. And, um, Mm -hmm. and man, I just, um, 
Yeah, I know for me, every everything that I'd ever sought for sought after, like the the thing I started recognizing was um, and it wasn't just me. Like this wasn't just my perspective. I may have been the only one admitting it, <laughs> but um, I just remember like being at parties and things and, um, you know, as things would wind down, there was almost always uh, moments of like existential questions, you know, like, you know, everything else, you know, like everybody's just kind of chilling or passed out or gone or whatever. And like when you're in those moments where there's like nothing else, like that's when people start just looking around going, is this it? Is this really all there is? You know, and and even the, you know, the occasional like recognition of like how lame parties actually are and how stupid the pattern is. And I remember, I mean, like didn't mean we stopped, but we questioned it at times, you know, not in a way that we would really openly and, and continually admit to ourselves. Um, but, uh, even I remember talking to a guy that, I mean, later went to rehab, um, and, uh, but in the midst of it, like he was fully aware that he was an alcoholic and a drug addict and like, and yet, and talked about like, man, I'd stop if I, if I could, but I can't seem to manage that. So I guess I'll just keep doing this till I die. And like there, you know, there is some awareness to that in a lot of people. I won't, you know, inevitably there will be somebody who's like, not me. Okay. Thanks. Uh, But for most people, uh, I I think there's something like that. And so they, um, you know, but that, that question, what, what if, you know, what, why isn't there something more? Is this all, shouldn't there be something more? The desire, the innate, process in our heads that makes us wonder and think that and and want that doesn't just come out of nowhere out of some like you know evolved need for human progressivism like that that there's no point to that and things don't progress in a way like it doesn't really hold up as you look at the process like things don't trend toward completion they trend towards chaos and destruction um even in humans, like for all of our technology, we get worse toward each other and at each other. And, you know, um, anyway, but the, I can't say that I've seen society improve. Right. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) but so to, to look at all that and go, what if that longing is because we really were meant for something more than that? What we really are designed to know a creator. And there really is a creator who longs for us to know him. And yet in a weird and confusing and and supernatural uh, imputation of grace doesn't force it on us and doesn't require it of us, but gives us the the opportunity to um, come to know him if we're open to really finding an answer to that question of like, why are we here and what do we what do we do with all this? Anyway, um, man. God is good. And, uh, if we're, if we're willing to pay attention, he's there and he's in it. Uh, Sean, this has been fun, man. We've been talking for a minute. So, uh, if people want to catch up with you and see all the TikTok glory, uh, give us your handle where, where can they connect with and follow you? It's, uh, at punk underscore rock underscore preacher, uh, on both Instagram and TikTok and, I don't know. I created a truth social account. Nothing's going on there. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's <laughs> limits to those, uh, alternative, uh, social media accounts. They don't, uh, 
they, they seem to, or all those different organizations, they pop up and fade away. Nobody's on them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but, um, I've also just mm, plugging, uh, yeah. I have a website launching called it's just punkrockpreacher.com. And so I'll have, um, podcast and video and blog and all sorts of stuff going up on there soon sick all right well hey uh go on there bookmark it and uh check it out see what sean's about on there sean man thanks for hanging out with me today this has been fun good to catch up awesome awesome all right dude hey be rad for jesus always Okay, that's it for this week's episode of the Be Rad for Jesus podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I, if you've stuck around this long, you either hate us so bad you want to find out where to complain or you really loved it and you want to come back for more. I want to tell you how to do that. You can go to beradforjesus.com and we have links to everywhere you can stream and subscribe to our podcast. We have episodes, we have show notes all on there or you can find us on anchor.fm or on the anchor app you can find us on spotify on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher and if there's another platform that we don't offer yet hit us up on the website or through anchor and let us know where you listen to podcasts and where you would like to hear or engage with this if you do enjoy the podcast would you consider leaving us a review leaving us a rating sharing it with a friend, posting it on social media, and or even going above and beyond and supporting this podcast. You can do that on Anchor and uh, that would for sure help us make more episodes of this podcast because caffeine definitely fuels just about everything we do almost as much, but not quite as much as the Holy Spirit and our love for Jesus. That said, I hope you have a rad day. Go out and do something incredible. Be rad for Jesus because following Jesus is radically different and radically awesome.